Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as the announcer guy just pointed out. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you see fit. I don't care if it's great or terrible. Just review. We could use the feedback, kids. And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com. You could be the next big podcast star. I might have the next big podcast star. On the line right now, he's an old buddy of mine. He's a Boston guy, so it's cool. Even though he works in Hotlanta now, uh, they probably don't call it Hotlanta down there, Atlanta, he is a financial advisor specializing in advice towards women who are putting things together after getting divorced. We're going to hear all about it. His name is Mike Bean. Yes, welcome. Yeah. David, thank you. Thank you very much for having me a guest on your show. I love the fact that we get to reconnect after all these years. I know. Can you believe it? So me and Bean are old summer camp buddies, and that is a common theme in my life, I feel like. It, it Somehow it always comes back around to summer camp. And anytime somebody asks me, how do you know that person? I'm like, oh, summer camp. They always say, is that some strange cult or something? <laughs> do you still cherish your, your summer camp buddies? I, you know what? Some of my closest friends Frank, came from camp, and I still keep in touch with everybody, and the memories are, are fresh. I remember them like yesterday. In mm-hmm. fact, you were my boss. I don't know if you remember that, but you headed up the A staff, and I reported directly to you. Did I call you boss? And if I didn't, I apologize <laughs> for the disrespect right now. I hope not. We all, Yeah, the head of the athletic staff. We all took ourselves a little too seriously at camp. Everyone had like titles and stuff. And uh, it's just not as much fun being in the real world where you don't get to sleep in bunk beds with taking care of kids who are either wetting their uh, pants, wetting their beds, or perhaps um, at a dangerous stage of puberty. Let's put it that way, especially the boys. (laughs) I mean, um, there's a show on called Big Mouth on Comedy Central, I believe. It's an animated show, Nick Kroll. It's, it's horribly foul, but it's about going through puberty. And this season is about summer camp and all the shenanigans and the things that goes on in the showers. It's really terribly I, gross stuff. If what we did back then were allowed back <laughs> right now or vice versa or something yeah. like that, we'd yeah. probably be in jail right now. You, we, you, you realize that. Ex- exactly, <laughs> yeah. That explains why maybe some of the campers turned out the way they did. But we can leave that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So... Uh, 
Bino, as I call him, comes from, as I said, the Boston area, but now he's in Atlanta. He is a, a financial advisor, and the the website, I, I won't hesitate to give it out, it is divorce-sense.com, so divorcesense.com. And I, I know a little bit about it being, having been a financial advisor myself, I know that it requires a lot of hand-holding, but it must be spe- uh, a specific kind of distinct hand-holding when you're dealing with people coming out of a divorce. And is that, you got the inspiration for, how did you get the inspiration for? Yeah, so let me walk into that. And I appreciate that because you being a reformed attorney and financial advisor, you can relate to what we, what we're going through. So actually I was divorced. It's blacked out my mind, but roughly 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. And when my wife at the time came to me and said, Hey, you know what, Mike, we are just growing apart Mm. and I don't want 10 more years to go by. And that's to realize that we have wasted most of our prime years of living. I want a divorce. So we sat across the kitchen table, kind of hashed out what that needed to look like from child support, spousal support, and division of assets. And we went to our attorneys and basically said, hey, does this make sense? And can you draw it up? Mm-hmm. Well, a year and a half later, we settled for 99% of what we had discussed sitting across the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And in that process, we almost lost our ability to co-parent together because the attorneys just love to mess things up. Wow. So even though I depend on a lot of my work from attorneys, I hate attorneys. I hate <laughs> attorneys for what they do in the process. And so about a year later, I asked my wife or ex-wife now, I said, why did this take so long? And she said three things and I'll never forget them. She said, number one, my friends were whispering in my ear that I could do better mm. based on what they had received based on what they had heard other friends had received, who knows, but that's what they were telling her. Mm -hmm. Secondly, her attorney was telling her, I can get you better. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He was right. He did. He did. He did get her an extra $400 a month for 14 months. Right. Cost us tens of thousands of dollars to get there, but that's what he got her. Right. You can do the math there. Yeah. But thirdly, which resonated the most with me was she said, I didn't understand what my financial picture would look like post-divorce. And I was scared. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, sat back. And I said, you know what? I'm a CPA with a tax practice and a financial advisory practice. Getting divorced is just reverse engineering a financial plan. Right. And I launched Divorce Sense almost 13 years ago now, where we get in very early in the divorce process. We replace a lot of what the attorneys do at a much more efficient rate from a speed and cost, and we help people understand what their future is gonna look like based on possible settlement scenarios. So if you think about that, if you really think about that, we're part of the divorce team, but my client has been the stay-at-home mom who has given up her career to raise her children, typically hasn't paid a bill in 25 years, her husband had that responsibility, has no relationships with any of the professionals. So she's scared that everybody is going to align themselves with the husband, the breadwinner. So they come to me and we just educate them about, here's what your assets look like. Here's what a division means. Here's your probable outcome in divorce. And then we take that and we just throw that into our software and say, you are going to be okay if we get a settlement that looks like this. Right. And that allows our client to say, hey, you know what? Um, I don't need to fight anymore if I can get a settlement that looks like that. I can move on with my life or, you know what, I better dig in because I'm not going to be okay. Or, you know what, I'm still going to dig in even though I know I'm going to be okay because I still want my pound of flesh. But now they'll be educated to make that decision. 
Yeah. And the lawyers don't do that kind of financial modeling. I mean, I've failed at many things, Mike, as I've been a lawyer and a financial advisor, but the the modeling that a good financial advisor will do will show you in simple terms, here's where you're going to be after five years, here's going to be after 10 years, depending upon what the data is you plug in to begin with. You got to make assumptions. How much are you going to earn? How much are you going to get in child support and alimony, et cetera? And it's funny, I had a similar experience to you. I've only been divorced about five or six years, something like that. Anyway, we we did, really didn't fight over anything. And I went to a lawyer who I tried, fantastic lawyer, by the way, shout out C.C. Van Tyne in Boston. But the firm she was with gave me headaches because the firm kept insisting upon, frankly, covering their ass and, and saying, you could get this much more, like you're giving up this day. If you, and they're writing these long letters to me and billing me for them. And really, I just wanted to get done with it. And so a financial advisor will certainly talk to you. I mean, sometimes you, you need a lawyer. And if there's going to be a fight, you're going to need a lawyer. But that lawyer is not necessarily going to tell you everything about your future. So good on you, my friend. And, and first of all, I'd like to say that you graduated from an, being an attorney and a financial advisor. Right. So let's not, let's not use words like fail because you, uh, you saw the light and here you are with this fantastic yeah. show. The, Thank you. The that you have, man. I, I love what you do um, and I love your shows. Thanks, I, man. I will say that attorneys across the board do not specialize in understanding the tax impacts or dividing up complex assets. If mm -hmm. you have any level of net worth, you want to go to somebody who's going to specialize in that. An attorney specializes in negotiating and drawing up documents. Some of them will have experience with higher net worth divorces, but you really want to get the best advice that you can. Yeah. And attorneys, they're going to tell you, this is a good deal, or this is not a good deal, but they're not going to show you why. And right. so they're going to leave you scratching your head. And, and just like my ex-wife was saying, well, my friend said I could get a better deal. My attorney said he can get a better deal, but they don't know what that means. And really, what is the impact of their life going to be? So I agree with everything you just said. Yeah, absolutely. Full of knowledge is Mike Bean. And it's again, it's divorcesense.com, divorce-sense.com. If you want more information on Mike, you can get in touch with him. He is, has plans for a podcast himself, and which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But before we get there, we have this tradition here for the folks that hail from Boston. We're going to lock you in the Boston vault, Mike Bean. And here comes here comes all the equipment and the security guards. And the, the gate is... No, you don't get out until you answer these questions about your um, beloved hometown. Okay. All right. All right. He's in there. Good. All right. So... In no particular order, let's see here. Well, you're a North Shore guy. Tell me, what is the best beach in Massachusetts, or maybe the beach that you miss? And it doesn't have to be on the North Shore. Uh, yeah, so we used to hang out at Eisman's Beach in Swampscott, because mm -hmm. that was the closest beach where we could walk to, where we didn't actually have to drive our car and pay for parking, because who had 50 cents to pay for parking back then when we were teenagers, right? Right. <laughs> right. And how many times did you get chased off that beach by cops, leaving a trail of beer cans in your wake? So if I <laughs> underestimate that, am I in trouble? Right? Am I going to be kicked off your show? The statu would... statute of limitations is run, I believe. Okay. So yeah. I would say the number is a lot. I think that's more than 10 and less than 200. All right. Good answer. Let's see. What best live sporting event you ever attended involving a Boston team oh, or most memorable? So, yeah. I remember my first Bruins game it was against the mm. Washington Capitals. Mm. I must have been 
seven or eight years old. My dad took me to my first real sporting event, and the Bruins won seven to one. Oh, which, my God. You know, right. I mean, that was just an offensive showdown. I yeah. just fell in love, and, and I just fell in love with the Bruins, with Bobby Orr and John Winsink and Stan Jonathan and uh, Barry Peterson. And that, and that was my era back then in the late 70s and early 80s. And I just enjoyed it because down here, we don't have a hockey team. Right. We had the Thrashers and we had the Flames, but they all flamed out and they mm-hmm. left. So <laughs> uh, I'm stuck hanging on to my Bruins memories. Uh, hockey, ga- ho- I'm not a hockey guy, but Hockey Live, there's nothing like it. Uh, hockey Live is about 100 times better than hockey on TV. That's, uh, I think, one of the reasons why it hasn't caught on to the degree of other sports. But, I, you know, I need to tell you a quick Bruins story because it involves a former pal of yours we had the silly tradition at camp that we would put on these activities for the kids. And sometimes they were just big shows that were meant to amuse us. And we did mud wrestling once. And, and I know you're a wrestling fan Bean, because you and I worked on this together and we did everything like the hype beforehand. And you came out talking like your hero, Ric Flair and all that, but you teamed up with Pete Gordon, our mutual buddy. I I remember the match. Right. I remember like yesterday. And you two guys are both a little bit vertically challenged, to be kind. But the reason why I bring up this, it has to do with Pete. So Pete competed in this charity um, hockey game that I set up because it was to benefit autism in the name of my son. I don't play hockey, so Uncle Pete came and skated for me and played against a Bruins alumni team. They do this. It's a charity thing. And one of the players was Jay Miller. Do you remember Jay Miller? I don't remember so, that name. So he, he wasn't like a longtime oh, yeah. Bruin, but during his time on the Bruins, he was the, to put it delicately, the goon. He was the enforcer, right? And he's, he's about twice Pete's size. And so, and so, <laughs> then so now meanwhile, it's for charity. It's an exhibition. They're putting on a show. And Miller started giving Pete the business, like little checks and elbow swings and things like that. And so Pete starts giving it back to him. Pete, who stands four foot nothing, weighing 120 nothing pounds, and he, he keeps doing And now Pete's into it. Pete. I mean, he's got an attitude about him, and he's still giving it to Miller. Finally, Miller decides, uh, I'm going to really give him a show. He, <laughs> he lays a check on Pete. Pete, uh, no joke, goes flying in the air and hits the boards, and I was afraid he was dead, but I was also laughing, and l- happily he got up. <laughs> But for a minute there, Miller was like, I don't care if this is an exhibition. I'm going to swat this little mosquito away. Anyway, so I digress. A couple more questions in the Boston vault. Did you have a go-to ice cream place as a kid growing up in the Boston area? So back in the day, we lost power, I don't know, every couple weeks during the summer for whatever reason, for reasons I didn't understand. And we would all go to Alice's in, I think it was maybe in Salem, Alice's, and Mm -hmm. just got their soft serve ice cream and We'd meet up there at night with all of our friends and neighbors would be there. We're all in our pajamas. And it just seemed like it was a natural thing to do, to be out at night in your pajamas. What else would you do? Right? Yeah, um, I understand when we're 85, we'll be doing that, walking down the driveway <laughs> to get our newspaper. But. Right. Some of us in the pandemic are really getting used to the pajamas as well. The the soft serve, was it dipped? Was it dipped in chocolate or anything? So, you could get it that way. I yeah. was a Jimmy's kind of guy. So yeah. I would do the, the swirl, like the chocolate vanilla swirl and just throw nice. on the chocolate Jimmy's. Yeah. Nice. Could yeah. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Jimmy's are chocolate sprinkles and that's a new England thing. <laughs> Nobody knows that term down here. I, I, I appreciate that. that I know. Uh, 
I was talking to somebody about that recently. We were wondering where the origin of the name was, and we sort of were afraid it was something racist. It just sounds like it might be. It's not, apparently. It, I forget what the origin is. We'll have, I'll have uh, Jimmy the intern look that up. Jimmy, look that up. That's our phantom intern. So let's see. Final question. Favorite, most beloved Boston sports figure? And uh, you can go obvious or you can go obscure. It's up to you. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's going to be obvious, and it's going to be Larry Bird. I mean, mm-hmm. Growing up, the Celtics, you knew with Larry Bird on the team, you were in every game. Even if we were down 20 points going into the fourth quarter, we just figured we were going to win the game. And more often than not, we did. He was just amazing to watch. And being vertically challenged, yeah. I'm also vertically challenged in the area of hops. Right. So I kind of relate to Larry Bird there. So I see a little bit of similarity there between the two of us on at least that aspect of things, but my favorite sports. Great choice. Yesterday was his birthday. Larry legend turned 64. It makes you feel a little bit old, but yeah, my favorite was when bird stole the ball and I make my son every once in a while, I make my son watch that play because it was in the playoffs. It was against the Pistons and bird had gone in for what would have been the winning shot and got swatted. If you remember and Johnny Most thought he got fouled. He's oh, boy, they don't call it. And they call it Pistons ball. And there were like three seconds left. And Isaiah goes to put the ball in play. And Bird comes out of nowhere. Like he wasn't even in the frame in the TV. And there he is stealing the ball, giving it to DJ. Overneath the DJ, lays it up and in. And I see the way you describe that, I see that overhead pass. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring chills to me. Me too. It's it's also a good lesson that that you never give up. You know, I mean it, it like the rest all the fans are giving up. We thought that's it's over. They just have to put the ball in play. He never gave up. Well, Mike Bean, we're gonna let you out of the vault. You've done an admirable job. David, I have to tell you, I was nervous about this part of the segment. I thought you were gonna quiz me on maybe Boston history. Mm-hmm. It's been so long that I lived up there, I got a little nervous, but thank you for letting me out. <laughs> Do you miss it though? Do you miss I mean pre-pandemic, I know you visited up here now and again, right? Yeah, so I miss coming up to visit my friends. I miss the ocean tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather and the cost of living in Atlanta and the friendliness of people here. So I love being here. But Boston is always home because I can go back to Aspen Road and Swampscott and the same anchor neighbors are still there. We could just walk into their house and join them for dinner. And, uh, and I love that. You don't have that same neighborhood feeling here in Atlanta like you do up there. Well, I hope this wretched pandemic business ends sooner than later and you can come back up and, and say hi because that is one of the, the great bummers of this thing. I mean, we have, much of us have, we can stay in touch by, I can do my job through electronic means and Zoom, and I know you can too, but it's no replacement for getting together, traveling. I mean, I never thought I'd miss like going through security at the airport, but you know, at least three or four times a year, I'm traveling somewhere and to not be able to do that. Ugh, it sucks. So Mike, you get, you have plans for a podcast, working title is wait i gotta get a drum roll for this one okay here we go <laughs> spilling the beans will be the name of mike's podcast you're going to talk about what you do i take it you'll have chats with people about what about the ups and downs of divorce settling yeah. things up and the war stories along the way tell us what you have in mind yeah i mean the, the what we're going to talk about is we're just going to integrate War of the Roses, if you remember that movie. <laughs> of course, yeah. Real life practical application. Mm-hmm. 
what does the divorce process from the financial aspect really look like? Let's just demystify it and put it out there and help people really understand because the worst thing about divorce is everybody's whispering in your ear. They know best. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it is because half people, half the people have been divorced, right? Right. right. It's just the way it is. But divorce is very, is very tailor specific to each individual. So let's just demystify it. Let's talk about what it is. Let's take the fear away from what it is. And we'll make some, some stories that you're going to sit back and scratch your head and say, you have to be kidding me. That didn't happen. And we'll have the disclaimer that we won't name names, right. and, uh, but we will we'll share some entertaining stories. We're going to have some fantastic guests on, some of the premier divorce attorneys in the country, some fantastic um, therapists who help people get through there, and even some divorce coaches. So we're going to bring on some great guests, and we're really excited about this. That's great, and it sounds like sort of uh, one-stop shopping for people who need answers to all these questions. And I know that you sort of run run quarterback for your clients, and and if they need to be introduced to a therapist or a, a divorce attorney, you, so it sounds like you've got your galaxy stars ready to appear on the show, which is great. I remember when I was going through my divorce, I would get in the car every morning and turn on. I happen to listen to Adam Carolla's podcast. He's a comedian. That was just to cheer me up. That was just to get me through the first part of the morning. But to be able to listen to this, I take it will be, I mean, you have a a very easygoing conversational style. I take it you don't have to, you don't come here looking for like uh, answers to tricky legal questions, but it's more, it'll be about, I take it financial, but also just about life advice. I take it. Is that right? Well, absolutely. Because here's what I tell everybody. There is great life after divorce. There really is but it is a hard road to get there and you have to work on yourself. And whether that means going to therapy, whether it means church or religion, whatever it is to, to get yourself centered, absolutely. But there is great life after divorce and, and you meet a lot of great people, but you have to get through it. And it is a roller coaster of a journey. It is not a sprint, it's a journey. Yeah, um, it, and it sounds like you and I both had relatively civil proceedings when it came to divorce and so that puts us in a ca- kind of a rare category, better than most, because it, most divorces, even if they start friendly, they don't always end up that way. And no. you know what? No matter what, I think you'd agree, it's just sad. It's, you go through a very sad period of your life, and I still look back on it with sadness. I, I know I made the right choice, but do you find that? Absolutely. Yeah. There are certain aspects that I missed out on. Talking my kids into bed every night, reading yeah. them stories, waking up with them. Uh, now, yeah. there's positives also. I don't have to tuck them into bed every night and wake <laughs> up with them, but I mean, depending on the day, right? Yeah. Um, I have a teenage daughter, and uh, let me tell you, she loves me or hates me. It changes every few minutes. So sometimes <laughs> a little bit of space is good, but but you're absolutely right. Divorce is it's lonely, it's tough, and if you can build a community around you, it just helps you get through it. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. We all know people have gone through it. And what I found is once I started down that path, I was surprised at how many people came out of the woodwork to share their stories with me because they know the pain that you're about to go through and they want to help you cut through that red tape. And that helps. It helps to hear that because you feel like something that's been so sturdy in your life is is broken and 
you feel like you walk around town and people are looking at you weird, like, oh, that's the divorce guy. Like, but there are so many people who go through it, and there are so many people. And believe, and even if they're not getting divorced, they've got problems of, of their own at home. We all do. Oh, yeah. yeah. There is no perfect marriage out there, that's for sure. That's right. So, again, it's Mike Bean. He is a, a CPA. What's CDFA? What's yeah, the al- so, alphabet soup there? What is that? I'm going <laughs> to teach you something new. Okay, here. go so, ahead. So CDFA, I have my diploma somewhere up around here. Certified <laughs> Divorce Financial Analyst. Oh, cool. So, okay. Yeah, so it's a cottage industry mm-hmm. and it basically gives you the background, the educational background. You have to pass a series of exams. It's four exams to become specialized in this area. Mm-hmm. And there are probably a few thousand across the country, but less than 300 that really practice and make a living at this. So if you are going to go down that path of bringing a CDFA onto your team, make sure that this is what they do for a living and they just don't um, dip their big toe into the water and say, I can help you. Right. Yeah. Advice is worth what you pay for it. It's uh, you find Mike at divorce dash sense.com his is okay if i give out your email address absolutely it, it is uh simple to remember mike at divorce dash sense.com we are up against the clock a little bit but as we will do here we'll play a round of good stuff where both mike and i will recommend something good maybe to brighten your spirits my suggestion actually will even have a, a divorce theme to it in a sense that's a teaser let's get into it right now let's play good stuff oh that's the good stuff always get on the guests if they're not dancing at least a little bit to the b-52s and you broke out the old beano dance moves i've seen them many times thank you for that mike <laughs> nothing to get jealous of but they still exist <laughs> let's see so do you want me to go first or do you want to go first go ahead i'd love to hear your story okay so i'm going to recommend a documentary tv show and this is called, let's see, I'm going to share my screen with you, Mike, so you can actually watch the trailer to this, and our listeners at home can listen. It's on HBO, I don't know if it's HBO Max or regular HBO, whatever. It's called uh, Murder on Middle Beach, and it has to do with a murder that happened in Connecticut 10 years ago, and let's just listen to a little bit of the trailer, and uh, maybe you'll be interested. So I've been working on like a documentary about mom and I wanted to ask if you'd be willing to be interviewed about it. I'm not sure I can talk about things. What do you mean? There's obviously more to the story than any of us really know. Your mother was magnetic, compelling, alive. Barbara Hamburg was found dead on her lawn in 2010. This is where I found my sister murdered. Why would someone want to kill my mom? Somebody knows something. When your mother was murdered, they confiscated her computer. We saw this business of this gifting table thing. It was a pyramid scheme that they were running. Your mother was in a big way as a leader. It got out of control. Something was very wrong. It scared her. All right, so that's all we'll give you of the trailer. So, again, HBO, Murder on Middle Beach. And uh, you haven't seen this yet, have you, Michael? I haven't. No. So it just just came out, four episodes, so it's a quick take, and you will gobble it up. It's a documentary, so it's not like I can technically spoil it. These things happened in real life. But suffice it to say that the filmmaker 
is the young man whose mom was murdered back in 2010. And he's probably in his 20s now, and he does this documentary. And so you see him sifting through and trying to essentially trying to solve his mom's unsolved murder. She was someone who, as you heard from the trailer, involved in this gifting table thing, which was this weird sort of pyramid scheme thing, which might or might not have something to do with why she was killed. But it was just in the middle of the day one day, her sister went to check on her and found her dead in the backyard, beaten to death. It, it's, it's gruesome. Then you meet all the shady characters in this. He, you heard at the beginning of the clip him talk. This The filmmaker, his name is uh, Madison Hamburg. He's talking to his dad on the phone. They, there, he is a child of divorce, and the, the mom was an alcoholic. So he had a lot to go through as a young man, but he still doesn't know why or who killed his mom. And that's all I'm going to say. Will you watch it, Bean, and report back to I, me? I, I will watch it yep. probably tonight. <laughs> you, you will, if you do, I'd get a warning. You will be up until mid. I mean, it's, it, again, it's quick. It's four episodes, so you'll get through it. But it's excellent. And I never had heard this story before, so it's cool. So what do you got, Bean? You got something good you can recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I mean, I try to think how I've been getting through this pandemic yep. is... A little bit more outdoorsy. So, I mean, right now, not much we can do with it. It's cold down here in Atlanta. It is Boston weather. We were really? in the okay. high 20s, low 30s this morning. It was chilly. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of spring, I bought myself a one wheel. Are you familiar with what a one wheel is? is it, no. No. Did you have your, type, can you, you have your computer there? Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll look it up right now. It is a motorized one wheel skateboard. Okay. okay. So, it's a lot of working on your balance and your core, but you're out there. You can go almost 10 miles an hour on this thing and it you could go for almost 20 miles. And so you're outdoors. You don't have to uh, use all the energy that you did when we were skateboarding when we were younger, but it's balance and it's a lot of fun. And you can do it by yourself. So it's COVID friendly. Wow. Or you can join a one wheel gang. Look at this. We're looking at the video now. I'm going to turn down this music, but oh, okay. So the wheel is kind of battery powered. Oh, okay. Plug it in. I'm going to, I'm going to fall off this. You know, I'm going to fall off at the minute yeah. I get on. I mean, is it hard to learn? Yeah, well, I mean, the first time I wrote it <laughs> without really knowing what I was doing or no pads, I fell backward and I did break a couple bones in my wrist. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, that hurt bad. <laughs> really bad. And so you don't see me doing what they're showing right now. I'm, I'm strictly on the street. Okay. I am going slower. I'm not 22 anymore. Right. We're in our young 50s. And as young as I feel, I know that when I fall, I don't recover nearly as quickly. So I wouldn't recommend starting with what these gentlemen are doing here. Yeah, so it looks like a skateboard, but it's obviously, as it sounds like, it's only got one wheel. But the wheel is, it's about the size of a, I don't know, like a paper plate, but it's it's this thick rubber tire, essentially. It's a mini tire, kind of right smack dab in the middle of the skateboard. And so what, but, and it's, did you say it's motorized? It is motorized. Oh, you okay. You charge it, but you know, if you lean forward, it mm-hmm. starts going forward. If you lean backward, it'll go backward. Oh. And because it's just one wheel, you can kind of shift your body to have it turn and do all kinds of uh, fun. Fun, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just sure. it's exhilarating. You're you're out there and uh, you're moving. And that's a, a that's a great call, Bean. I like a good gadget and a good excuse to to get outside and. I guess you probably get a little exercise out of this thing, right? You're, yeah. yeah. You're tired. Yeah. yeah, you're, yeah. Your core, you're working your core also. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say you don't get enough exercise to offset the calories of the beers that I drink when I'm done. <laughs> to, it is out there. It's fun. 
Excellent call. The, the one wheel skateboard. About how much will that set you back? They're roughly $1,700. They're not. Oh! Right, right. <laughs> okay. But they just came up with the one wheel mini, and I think that's like 1100 Okay. I think that's going to require a ton of balance because this is a much smaller wheel and smaller board. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it's a cheaper version of a, what was the thing that Elon Musk invented? The thing that you stand up on? Segway. The Segway. Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah, those were more expensive, but but this one, well, it must be fun if it uh, costs that much. All right. Well, two thumbs up from Bean. We are just about at the, all good things must come to an end, Bino. So I must be in love because I hear music and I hope you had fun on the Boston podcast, Michael. I'm telling you, I can't believe that we just went through a half hour segment because I feel like we're just beginning and I know we have a lot of things to talk about. So can we, we need to do this again. Absolutely. I'll have you back on this show. I know we're going to be working. We're going to be working together on your show. Love to chip in and uh, look for that. Look for that on pod 617 in the weeks to come. Maybe sooner than you will be spilling the beans with Mike Bean and hearing all the tales he has to tell. I look forward to it, Bino. I I am so super excited about this opportunity. Glad to partner up with you and Pod 617. This is coming home for me, so thank you for having me on your show. Love it. Thank you. And thank you to all your listeners out there. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast. Go to pod617.com if you want your own podcast. And on behalf of the great Mike Bean, the one and only Beano, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Enjoy the day, everybody.